Hi, I'm Grant Wall, and welcome to the Planet Football Podcast World Cup Daily. Day 28 of World Cup 2018 is done. Brian Strauss and I will be talking about that as part of our podcast coming to you daily from Russia through July 15th. Just a small request, it would be a huge help if you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. In this episode, I'm also joined by former Spanish star Gaiska Mendieta. Onward! Let's bring in Brian Strauss, who is still in St. Petersburg. Still! Uh, <laughs> but the Hotel California. <laughs> But coming back to Moscow tomorrow, we're going to talk now about tonight's semifinal. Croatia 2, England 1 in extra time. This was a more dramatic game than the one we saw last night, I thought. Uh, what was your sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the, the game last night, uh, which I was lucky to be at, um, was high-level, you know, pr- professional, tactical, cagey. Um, this was kind of a bit more chaotic. These are teams that didn't necessarily expect to be here. Um, you know, England started strong and obviously wilted and really had trouble stringing passes together from from halftime on. Croatia is just like a bunch of Terminators. Um, just, they didn't use any subs, man. I mean, they played the equivalent of an entire extra game in this tournament. Yeah. Um, they're 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 just a, a team of monsters and. Uh, yeah, it was chaotic and 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 obviously, um, you know, decided on a on, on a play in overtime by Mandzukic that that just caught England just a, a touch flat-footed, and uh, he did what center forwards are supposed to do, um, and maybe maybe that'll be the difference in the final. Uh, one, one team has their center forward who uh, brought his finishing boots to to Russia, and the other does not. Um, although I still think France is going to win, but no, it was a good game. Eng- look, England. I, I I who knows how the English are going to handle this. But um, wonderful tournament, I reinvigorated, I think, what a lot of people thought as possible in an England team with an England manager, um, the sort of environment, um, some progressive tactics, um, just, just an overall sort of attitude and, 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 and chemistry that they showed, uh, not something we've seen from an England team in a long, long time. Um, they should be proud, um, but I think Croatia, uh, you know, front to back was the better team and, and deserves to be in the final. Yeah, for me, I mean, so much of this game, the two goals for Croatia comes down to specific moments. And how often have we seen in big games over the years just fractions of a second when someone anticipates better than the other in the box, that makes the difference. And that was the case on both Croatian goals. You know, Ivan Perisic was so good in the second half, and he just beat Kyle Walker to the ball for the header on the first goal that equalized uh, and then another Man City defender, John Stones, gets beaten to the ball by Mandzukic after Stones just switched off for a second, and and Perisic once again involved gets the ball to on that header, yeah, to Mandzukic. So, um, you know, for me, I remember spending all this time with Chicharito for my book chapter, and we talked a lot about anticipation and the things that he does to try and get on the ball in the box ahead of a defender, and he's you know, just like any means possible. But the fact is, is that a, a really good goal scorer has a nose for it, but it's not an accident that they so often get to the ball a split second before a defender does, and they do all these different little tricks to do it. Uh, and Mandzukic, who, to be honest, has looked like a rector set man often during this tournament. He doesn't move smoothly even when he's, like, healthy. <laughs> 
like he got to that ball and, and knew what to do with it. And it's just so impressive. Every Croatian must have like eight pulled muscles. <laughs> Every single one of them. I mean, look, even, even at the level I played, you know, you're, you've got stuff hammered into you when you're a striker from an early age about, you know, don't assign probabilities to things. Just expect the defender to miss. Because if he does, you won't be surprised. When the, there was a there was a play, oh oh, there was a play with uh, with, with and this is weird to, to be critical of Lukaku, who just had a wonderful tournament, but he had no service all night, and then finally there was a cross that came into him last night, and it like bounced off him, and it looked like it caught him off guard because nothing else had come near him for the entire game, and 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 that that's so difficult to sort of put your put yourself in. Yes, there's a one in twenty chance, a one in thirty chance. The defender will misplay this. The ball, this ball may come my way. He may head it into my path. But you just kind of train yourself to to assume that that's what's going to happen. Um, I don't know how else to put it, but it's just part of sort of it's part of playing that position. Then, of course, at this level, it, it's a thousand times more complicated, and 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 the fine margins you're talking about, and the explosiveness required, and the anticipation required is even is even on a log, logarithmic scale much higher. But that even at a even at a, a lower level, you you sort of think about those sorts of things and and how could this wind up on my foot? No matter the sort of the low probability of it. And so I like goals like that. I like strikers who who anticipate that, think that way, and are and and think get on the ball, shoot right away, don't dither, don't mess around. You know where can I put myself in position to get a shot on frame? And I loved both goals for that reason. I was actually thinking of Lukaku as well. It's funny. And I think there were actually two moments against France when Lukaku was sort of caught off guard uh, when he should have had a better strike on the ball um, in the box. And that kind of stuff makes the difference in these games. And uh, I don't know what it says about Croatia now that they come from behind in all three knockout round games, but they did that against Denmark. They did that against Russia. And now they have done it against England, um, against good defensive teams. Yeah, yeah. Now these aren't teams. It wasn't like they came from behind against Argentina. You know, they came from behind against teams that were about structure and 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 defending and and sort of starting from from strength in the back and and playing from there. And so to do again, I there there are this is this is we you've you brought this up a few times, and obviously we're I'm sure we'll delve into it more in the next few days, um, but. This this team, this program, this federation is total chaos, <laughs> and and firing coaches, lawsuits. Um, you know, I was reading an article today about how like a lot of Croatia doesn't even like Luka Modric right. because he 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 was involved in the in the Dinamo Zagreb trial and and you know they they fired their coach as you've mentioned a couple times just you know right at the end of qualifying. I mean they've done everything wrong. And when we look at, you know, I, I wrote an article at some point in the past month, I, I, no days don't matter anymore, um, about sort of the way, we, the way we look at World Cup, teams that are successful in World Cups and teams that win World Cups and look to copy them, right? Look, right. look at them as blueprints uh, going forward. There's nothing about <laughs> nothing that represents any kind of blueprint or checklist. And yet, and yet here they are. And it is... It's it's the World Cup of chaos. You have you have a team uh, that was supposed to be here, uh, for which nothing less than an appearance uh, at the Luzhniki on Sunday would have been acceptable, um, and that really never left second gear to get there. And then you have a team that that has no business being here for all the aforementioned reasons, and yet through just sheer 
immensity of will and effort and 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 resilience um, ha, ha, has got there. Um, and it's a it's a it's a, obviously I think they're the thirteenth different country um, to to make a World Cup final. I think maybe fourteen, but I think thirteen. Um, and they're the first Eastern European team to make a World Cup final since 1962, I believe, um, when Czechoslovakia, uh, which is not even the country anymore, um, made it. So it's, uh, it's, it, we're getting a World Cup of continuity and a World Cup of change uh, all meeting together on Sunday. Yeah, there's a good article in The Guardian by Alexander Holiga that I suggest everyone read about Croatia, and he's one of the authorities on Croatia, basically saying what you're saying, which is... We, in the media, we always want to show what's a model for success, and we want to be able to explain in rational terms why this positive thing is happening results-wise on the field. And he, basically, his story comes down to this federation in Croatia is chaos. Their youth development is really not that well organized. They fire their coaches all the time, and... There's no explanation, really, that can be, cert- be used as a model. <laughs> yes, corruption. There's, I mean, obviously, Luka, Luka Modric is obviously a, a generational player, and, and so that you've got some talent up there alongside him. Um, they had a tough group, obviously. Um, they have not had a, you know, they have not on paper had tough opposition in the knockout stage. Um, and, and you could maybe look at their team and say that a team with that talent, with those names, has made tougher work of Denmark, Russia, and England than they should have. Um, so the interesting thing now is, like, I was watching it a, I was watching it a, a, again. As I've said, my hotel does not get Russia one, so I was watching around the corner at a bar um, with this guy Alex. Remember, I was talking about Leo, who 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 is going to feed us the space Porsche yeah. when I come back to Moscow. Well, Leo's friend Alex, uh, who I met here, and his wife Masha uh, met met up with me uh, to watch. Uh, the England uh, Croatia game and they are awesome and I appreciate their company um, but uh, and now I lost my train of thought um, did they give you any space food no no I've got the space borscht in my oh um, I know I completely lost my train of thought this podcast is over I apologize <laughs> I'm completely fried <laughs> it's okay man you're coming back to Moscow tomorrow um, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the final as we get close to it between France and Croatia. I do want to talk about England a little bit more just because sure. I think... Yeah, that's where I was going to go, England. They're, right. they're a team that I think won over a lot of fans in England during this tournament with their youth, their preparation, their likability, um, their lack of a sense of entitlement, uh, and they were just really refreshing to follow. And I think they won over a lot of friends or fans globally. Uh, you know, we've known these guys in the Premier League, but uh, it's a different set of guys who are the stars of this England team than we've seen in the past. And uh, I like them a lot. Uh, and I think they have a really good future ahead of them. Um, well, but when you say we, we've known these guys in the Premier League, I mean, but even that, these, a lot of, most of these guys are not the main players on their Premier League teams, you know? In they, a lot they, of cases, a, yes. Yeah, this is, a, this is a team of supporting cast guys in the Premier League who've come together and, and done this. And I, and I think that's even more impressive. And, and I made a joke about, uh, a bad one, but I, you know, about Southgate and Martin. Now, now you know, I, I, there's a part of me that would rather go to the third place game press conference, you know? Like, that, like I'm just so impressed with these two guys. Um, and, and I hope, that, you know, I have, 
I, I, I can remember finals I lost in youth tournaments 25 years ago. I mean, you think about, even at the lowest level, you think about defeat and setback and frustration. And I can remember a, a penalty kick I missed in a shootout in a tournament in like West Virginia or something, and I'm 15, you remember this shit. Um, but I hope they both go for it. I hope they both try to win bronze. I hope, I hope I, I, the, the disappointment of a semifinal, the disappointment of coming so close, that's very real now. But in, but in time, in 10, 15 years, you, you want to have taken that medal home. You wanna, you'll you'll want to have finished on a high note. And I think both these teams and both these countries and both these managers uh, deserve that, I don't know, that, 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 that bronze lining, so to speak. I mean, go, go get it. Go win it. I, I, I like the idea. I think third place games in the Gold Cup are stupid and, and obviously they went away. And most third place games are stupid. All third place games are stupid except for this one, except for the World Cup finishing third in the world out of 211 or whatever countries. And I think both of these teams are, are good stories that don't have to end necessarily uh, last night and tonight. Is it bad that I don't like the World Cup third place game either? No, we can have, we don't, we can have a different <laughs> I, I would. I'm, think, I'm thinking of what I guess my, my feeling is that when I think of when I think of a, of a, of a defeat from a long time ago, uh, you know, the it feels like anything time you know massages the way you feel about something and i'd rather 20 years later have a bronze medal to toss around than nothing i I don't know it's just how i feel um i do think when you look at what england's doing they're the under 20 world champions currently they're the under 17 world champions currently their fans are going to look at this as a pretty big missed opportunity to become senior world champions because they led in this game for many many minutes they are the theme song champions. Yes, they are the theme song champions as well. Um, you know, I, there has to be a real sense of frustration here that this was a game they should have closed out. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, they were ahead. I mean, you could say that about every team that's ahead in every game, right? I mean, Croatia was the better team. So, so I mean, a, t- a team, a, the better team won the game, and, and the team with bigger stars and bigger players and more experience won the game. Um, so... You can feel bad about the fact that you were the team that took the lead, but in the end, you lost the game that you're going to lose, you know, seven out of the ten times you play it. So I, I yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about that sort of approach. Um, you know, you, 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 you took the lead on a free kick. Um, you didn't finish several chances. Um, you've been struggling to score from open play the entire tournament. You're, you're a good team that got some breaks uh, that, that had... Uh, didn't have really, really tough opposition to get to this point, um, and you maxed out. You maxed out your potential, and, that, and there's that. There's nothing wrong with that. Be proud of that. But I don't think it's weird to call it a missed opportunity uh, because they've already gotten much further than I think anyone expected, or, 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 and they got as far or further than their talent would suggest they would. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I've enjoyed watching England in, the, in this tournament. Uh, I will look forward to watching the third place game. I figured that um, Harry Kane will get four goals and finish on ten and win the Golden Boot. Hasn't that happened before? Was it like Scalacci or like one of like <laughs> like? There's been someone who see that's weird. Okay, so I, I I feel like I feel like I'd rather have twenty years from now. I'd rather I'd 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 want the bronze medal. I would take it out of a drawer and look at it and be like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. But I, it's we, it seems weird that you can like win the golden boot based upon what you do in the bronze medal game. That doesn't I don't know if that sits with me. I would be curious to see how many golden boot winners 
like ran rampant in the third place Did game. Forlan? I wonder if Forlan scored a couple in in uh, in 2010. Well, didn't their didn't their goal didn't their their third place game against Germany end like with a football score? Yeah, was it like the seven or something? Correct. Um, I went to the uh, I went to the third place game in 1994 at the Rose Bowl for free. Okay. Yes. So they were giving tickets away, and I went. Um, and and Bulgaria had no Bulgaria, poor Bulgaria had to fly. Okay, this is when a third place game blows chunks. This is when it's bad. Okay, so so the one of this the Bulgaria Italy semifinal was a giant stadium, and the final and the uh, the third place game were at the Rose Bowl at the uh, you know a, a day apart, and they made Bulgaria fly from New York to L.A which is in the opposite direction of Bulgaria, <laughs> to play the third-place game against Sweden, and they lost 58 nothing. <laughs> and I won three. Actually, I think my favorite third-place game, aside from the Gold Cup one a couple years ago that the U.S. was in, where I was tempted to order like rounds of margaritas for all the people in the press box because that's <laughs> when I broke into that's when I broke into the Philadelphia Union's kitchen and nobody cared about that game. Nope. Nope. Uh, my other favorite third place game moment was the Women's World Cup in 99 where they played it be- literally before right before the final in the Rose Bowl between the US and China and it was going to go to extra time between like is like Brazil and somebody and they just said, screw it. We're not going to play extra time. We're going to go straight to penalties. Nice. <laughs> yes, the World Cup should also do that. Well, I don't know. Actually, I take that back. It doesn't matter what I think. They're going to do what they're <laughs> going to do. But anyway, props to props to Belgium, props to England. Um, you know, I, I hope they can gather themselves and try to go out on a high on Saturday. Um, and uh, and it'll, it'll be interesting, I, I think. Uh, oh, Maybe what maybe what I was going to say when I was talking about the bar was sitting there looking at Twitter and seeing people tweet, everyone trying to come up with a different joke about how France was watching this, and it you know showed people in lounge chairs and pools and and and, and you know m- munching on popcorn and and just sort of relaxing, um, watching Croatia just grind themselves into dust, trying to get to the final while France not only has had an extra day of rest but like I said. I mean, have they really had to work that hard? You know, they've sort of they've sort of coasted toward the final as much as anyone has ever coasted toward a World Cup final, um, and so that contrast I think is going to be something we'll probably beat to death over the next few days too. I'm feeling energized, man. Good. Like I hit I hit rock bottom last night. I had a horrible night, and it's like that's like cathartic. It's cleansing. It's like everything goes wrong, and you wake up the next morning and you're like, that sucked. It can't get worse. And I'm on the up, you know, and I'm going to come back to Moscow and we're going to go to the final and we're going to eat space borscht. And it's like I feel reinvigorated. I'm re- I could do I could do this again. I could do another World Cup starting right now. I am knocking on wood as you say this. I don't believe a word you're saying about doing another World Cup. That last part was total horseshit. <laughs> but everything else was low. It's like you have that you have that moment of cleansing. Like, look, you, you're, you're working this hard for this long under these kinds of circumstances, and you're just going to have a night where it all unravels. And, and it's like now, I don't know, it's like now you, you wake up the next day and you're, at, you're out of the, the, the chrysalis, and, and yeah, and you feel good. And, and I enjoyed the semi tonight, and I'm excited to go to a World Cup final. Like, that's crazy. I'm, I'm fired up. I just hope I don't miss my train, because um, that would suck. 
So uh, I got to finish my little preview for the final that I'm doing mm-hmm. uh, for, for SI.com, like a first look. Here's who's playing, you know. And, oh, one last thing. Deeply, deeply disappointed tonight that Croatia did not wear their checkered jersey. What is the friggin' point of having a jersey that awesome if, like, the comatose stooges at FIFA won't let you wear it? They've if worn this, it once. They've worn it once the entire final, tournament. There is no reason they couldn't have worn that. And I even looked it up. There have been games before where Croatia has worn the red and white checkers against the team wearing white. And you know what? The sun rose the next day. If Croatia, if this final isn't France in blue, white, red, and Croatia in in checkers, I got nothing. I got no threat I can make. But I'm just going to, I'm going to be sad. This is where I remind everyone that Brian Strauss is the Andre Leon Talley of American soccer. Look up Andre Leon Talley. I want to get a picture of the two of you together at some point. Uh, I think it would make for a fun picture. I have to go record our Fox World Cup Tonight show. Um, so, oh, wait, here comes Alexi Lawless. Wow. Hold on, hold on. Any, any thoughts on the end of your very long day? I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going. <laughs> Trolling, Alexi Lalas. Seems like a I fitting way to end this. this I podcast. didn't know where he was going with that until sort of the the little tone at the end. And I was like, oh, I've heard that 18 million times in the past month. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Look forward to seeing you in person here in Moscow. Let's call it a night. Bye bye. Big thanks to Brian Strauss. Next up is my interview with Gaiska Mendieta. Let's bring in our interview guest for today on the Sports Illustrated Planet Football podcast. He is Gaiska Mendieta. He has played for the Spanish national team, for Valencia, for Middlesbrough. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, you're here talking to me uh, on behalf of La Liga. So we're going to talk about La Liga in a little bit here. Yeah. I wanted to start, though, by asking you just, uh, we are recording this right before the England-Croatia semifinal. We know that France is in the final. What are your thoughts on this France team and, and how it's made the final? Well, I'd say that probably the, the four teams that reached the semifinals, I think, are the first um, best players, uh, best teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yesterday France uh, performed, wasn't one of the greatest matches, but I think very, very solid, like, like they've been in the whole tournament. Uh, so today, England, England, Croatia, I think, although Croatia has a really good team, I think in terms of players, probably better performance in this World Cup than, than England, but it's 90 minutes or extra time, and whatever you've done before, it doesn't really matter. And I think England... It's been very good on maximizing uh, especially set pieces, which has been key in this tournament, I think. So I think they've got big chances. You're a great midfielder in your day. I want to ask you about Luka Modric. Mm. Uh, terrific player, obviously, for Real Madrid. What is so special about him to you? Well, I agree. He's an amazing, an amazing player that we're lucky to have in La Liga. Uh, I think it's key also for Croatia mm-hmm. uh, alongside with uh, Rakitic uh, I think well Modric probably ticks all of the boxes he, his uh, work rate is, is huge uh, he's no defender although with his talent uh, he's no you know he's, he's not never worried about if he has to run back or track or defend but I think sometimes because he plays in that sort of midfield holding starting to build from the team uh, we miss a little bit of his his, his talent. I think he he, he long long 
long shots are very good. He can score goals, I've seen many times. Yeah. Uh, and we don't see as many as probably we, we, we should. Uh, but yeah, like I said, ticks all the boxes. Uh, work ethic, vision, passing, long, short. And like I said, he could even score goals if we play closer to the box, probably, yeah. Um, you used to play for the Spanish national team. Uh, Spain left this tournament earlier than many expected. I had predicted Spain would win the World Cup okay. before the tournament. What happened? Well, I was expecting also, like most people, to see Spain at least semifinals. Uh, I, I think especially the whole country was very optimistic uh, because the way they play in the qualifiers. Uh, probably the incidents before the World Cup kind of affected it probably a little bit With of the, the team yeah the manager yeah uh, because uh, to find out most likely afterwards but how attached he was to the players and I think emotionally that would have an, an impact in other ways uh, it's hard to say I mean easily they didn't play at the, at the standards they should have uh, at the level they could play at the level they play in the qualifiers we haven't seen that in, in this tournament um, so I think when you don't perform at your at your level, you 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 out, and I think Spain was struggling throughout the whole tournament. His first first match w was probably the best one against uh, Portugal. I think we played probably half half an hour really really good football, but that was it. Then you know, the games we didn't really perform at the level. That I think looking at the players we had, we didn't. So yeah, as simple as that. Yeah, your old club Valencia uh, had a real improvement last season. Yeah. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that because there were a few years there, a few seasons yeah. where it looked really bad and now it looks yeah. very <laughs> promising suddenly again. You know, how did things change? I think uh, principally was the fact when the direction, uh, the chairman decided to put football people in the, in the club, like uh, with Mateo Alemán and, and, Mar and Marcelino. These two guys actually started to plan the season from the beginning, the players they wanted giving a or trying to give a philosophy to the club an idea of what football wanted to play and I think that helped everyone fans players everyone to, to identify what Valencia was wanting to do because in the previous years like you said it was a bit of a not really knowing what, what what the club really wanted to I mean it was very easy to say we want Valencia in the Champions League but you have to do something to actually make it happen mm -hmm. and it was only last year when that started and Obviously, playing only La Liga and La Cup has been helping the, the team to, to reach the, the fourth uh, place, or the, the Champions League spot. And hopefully, yeah, next year we'll see them there again. It's going to be tough because playing in Europe always uh, has a has come up, uh, comes with a prize. But um, yeah, it's, it's again happy to see a Valencia in Champions League and happy to see Valencia in the top uh, places of La Liga. Yeah. Obviously, big news yesterday for La Liga. Cristiano Ronaldo is leaving Real Madrid yeah. to go to Juventus. I certainly expect that Real Madrid will sign mm -hmm. a pretty big name to yeah. replace him. Um, what are you thinking will happen? Obviously, you don't know for sure, mm. but uh, it's Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean, it's Real Madrid, and we've seen it before. It's, it's not the first time. It won't be the last time. It's not the first player at that level to leave Madrid and it won't be the last one. Madrid, uh, we know, uh, always try to sign the best players and I think in this case, uh, for Real Madrid, Ronaldo played his best his best years probably of his career. Yeah. Uh, so I think both have to be thankful to each other in, the, in that way. Uh, but like, like we say, it's, it's life, moves on. Uh, Ronaldo probably has other expectations that Madrid maybe 
uh, couldn't couldn't fill up, and and he felt he had to 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 move somewhere else. Uh, like, like you mentioned as well, I don't think we'll have to wait too long to see what Madrid's next move is, and see another great player signing for for the club. Yeah. So you were telling me before we started that you live in London now. Yeah. Um, what has led to you living in in England? Well, when I finished playing uh, for Middlesbrough, I decided I took a couple of years to to see what I was doing with with my next step in, in my life. Uh, and I started to work in with Sky, Sky Sports, uh, La Liga, and I started to do business in UK. Uh, the fact that my wife is English might help a lot as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I really like it. I really enjoy London, living in London. Uh, it's a great city. Uh, not only football but can offer you anything yeah. music I'm, I'm a big fan of music and in terms of concerts and, and, and I think it's a part of the big part of the culture in in UK and especially London so yeah I really really like it that's why that's what we decided to stay there so not only business but also also life and, and pleasure good stuff well guys Commendieta thank you so much for joining me no problem my pleasure Thanks for listening to the Planet Football World Cup Daily Podcast. I'd like to thank Brian Strauss and guys Mendieta, as well as everyone at Cadence 13 and Sports Illustrated who supports this podcast. Please, if you like the pod, tell your friends, subscribe, like, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help the cause if you do. And we'll see you tomorrow. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? the number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.